Welcome back. We are now moving to the portion of our presentation where we discuss equity and Courtney guides us through another activity. We hope you will enjoy. All right, everyone. Um, welcome back. Uh, one of the things you'll notice right now is a slide that I put up and it just talks about equity goals. And the reason I'm putting it up and it's following a conversation about the need for building resilience and, and, and the need for regulation is because one of the things that influences regulation is just what have our life experiences been, right? And based on how the world interacts with us, it makes it easier or harder for regulation and resilience to occur, right? And so when we think about this from a standpoint, and you've probably heard the word equity, and everyone's like, you know what, if we can get an equity of experiences, then, you know, we, we can love, people say we can level the playing field a little bit, right? Or everybody will be able to play the game and participate. Um, and there won't be such a vastness or differences in the ways in which people are able to exhibit resiliency or dysregulation or, or who, who is dysregulated and who is regulated, right? And so one of the things I just like to emphasize when we use this word and we think about equity, um, when we use this word or we think about equity is this idea that we want to say, you know what? The equity goal is not just to eliminate a gap because some people will be like, you know what? Oh, equity means I just want to decrease a gap. No, equity is about doing things that increases success for everybody, for all groups, for all people that are part, right? And so one of the things is I'm showing you a diagram and it's not perfect, but it kind of gives us an idea of what this means, right? And so when you look at it, you'll see, you know what they say, reality is some people are standing on top of lots of boxes and they can see the field of light. Some people have one and some people have none. They're actually in a deficit, right? And so then when we think about equality, we're like, oh, we give everyone the same, but we don't take into account that people are up different bills, different makeups, different statues. People are bringing different things with them, Right. Equity attempts to acknowledge that is like, look, we want to make it that everybody can see at the same level. And then there's this concept that some people are like, look, I'm just, I don't, I don't want to make sure everybody can see. I just want to eliminate all the obstacles and barriers in the way. And that's where we get at liberation. And so one of the things that's important is thinking about how do we move through each of these phases as we begin to cultivate. Cult I tell you, as we begin to cultivate liberation, cultivate equity, how do we begin to address that, right? And again, I just want to show inequities causes to be at different levels on this chart, right? And it causes things to hit us. And when things hit us, it causes us to jump to different spaces, right? And that has to do with the effects of inequities that some of us experience in life. And I tell anyone, when we think about it, we're at, you know, change is happening. We're like, come on, let's transition toward equity. Let's move toward it. We hear a lot of people saying that, right? And so one of the things that we have to remember is, you know, what makes it hard? Some people, my mama says, my mom tells me this. My mom was like, you know what? I sat at lunch counters and, and got spit on because I didn't think you would still have to deal with these same issues today. And she's like, it's amazing that I don't feel like what I did changed anything, right? And so when she said that, it hit me when I think about William Bridges' transition, 
part of the reason that we're still dealing with. As I'm saying, my mom feels like what she did in the 60s hasn't had an effect is because we didn't transition to something different. We rearranged the furniture and it looked good. But did we really transition where there was a complete ending? There was this unknown area and a new beginning, right? And what makes that hard is because there has to be an ending. There has to be a letting go of pieces of things that might have bought us control, might have given us power. It has to be pieces that brought us comfort, right? And so that's what makes leaning into equity really hard, right? So what I want you all to do for a moment is I'm going to give you an invitation. And I just want you to relax. I want you to just close your eyes, put your feet on the ground. I just want us to take a moment and I want us to reflect on difference. I just want you to pause. I just want you to think what the, when you hear the word difference, what does that do for your body? What comes up for you? And as you're thinking about and, and holding on to the word different or difference, I want you to think about what was your first experience feeling and noticing that you were different? When did this happen? How old were you? Is it a source of pride? Was your difference celebrated? Was it a source of pain? Was it criticized or critiqued? What was it like to be different? Knowing that you're different, what does that do to your body? Do you tense up? Do you relax? Do you pause? Do you cry? What is it like to be different? One of the things to hold on to is a lot of times when we realize or the world tells us we're different, it's a source of pain, it's not a source of pleasure. 85% of people, when they think about the moment that someone told them they were different, it's a source of pain. What you see here now is, I did this thing and I just said, you know what, what does it mean to be inclusive or exclusive? And a lot of the different experiences, I'm gonna say as some of you all talked about, came in school. We all had to go to school, right? And school kind of separated us out and let us know, as Karen said, she just stopped going to school, right? Like school separated us out, right? And, and, and we had experiences that were both inclusive and exclusive because of our differences, right? And so what you'll see here is just some ideas about, you know, when people felt included, right? As we think about, you'll see a lot of the things on this list are things that we said, wait a minute, bring about resilience, the validation, connectedness, accomplishment, affirmation, 
you figured out you were good at something. Exclusiveness are the things that build sensitivity and vulnerability, right? Lack of connection, excluded, lack of control, you know, religious indifference, harsh judgment, inflexible. A lot of people like being the only one, a sense of not belonging, right? And a lot of shame coming up about what does it mean to be different, right? And the reason I talk about this inclusive and exclusive is sometimes we unintentionally offer these experiences to others and they can be inclusive or they can be exclusive. And so with that in mind, we have to be the ones to interrogate, wait a minute, not just am I holding on to what was my intent, but I also have to acknowledge the impact of it. And I also have to be able to hold what it means when there are unequal opportunities. Thank you for listening. Now, Courtney is going to read a quote, and we are asking that you will please reflect on which quote resonates with you. Then you can listen in to some school nurses about what quotes resonated with them and how they felt after hearing them. So the first one says, being poor now leads to being more poor later. Can't pay to clean your teeth? Next year, pay for a root canal. Can't pay for a new mattress? Next year, pay for back surgery. Can't pay to get that lump checked out? Next year, pay for stage three cancer. Poverty charges interest. Being poor now just leads to being more poor later. Can't pay to clean your teeth? Next year, pay for a root canal. Can't pay for a new mattress? Next year, pay for back surgery. Can't pay to get that lump checked out? Next year, pay for stage three cancer. Poverty charges interest. When you debate a person about something that affects them more than it affects you, remember that it will take a much greater emotional toll on them than you. For it may feel like an academic exercise for you, but for them, it feels like revealing their pain only to have you dismiss their experience and sometimes their humanity. The fact that you might remain more calm under these circumstances is the consequence of your privilege, not increased objectivity on your part. Stay humble. When you debate a person about something that affects them, more than it affects you, remember that it will take a much greater emotional toll on them than you. For you, it may feel like an academic exercise. For them, it feels like revealing their pain only to have you dismiss their experience and sometimes their humanity. The fact that you might remain more calm under these circumstances is a consequence of your privilege not increase objectivity on your part. Stay humble. In order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine their experience to be. In order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine their experience to be. 
if you've never had a Supreme Court case decide if you have the same rights as others, you have privilege. If you've never had a Supreme Court case decide if you have the same rights as others, you have privilege. Choosing not to care about politics is a privilege. It means that politics doesn't affect your life enough to make you care. To marginalize people, politics is a matter of life and death. Choosing not to care about politics is a privilege. It means that politics does not affect your life enough to make you care. To marginalize people, politics is a matter of life or death. I just want some people to share what are some, what, what, anyone want to share what quote their group was like, yes, this really resonated with us. Um, and I would love to hear your voices. Um, even though I can't see your faces, would love to hear anyone want to unmute and just share um, what, what quotes resonated with you all. Okay. Talk about our group. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the poverty one, the, um, the one about, you know, you ignore your, your, if you can't brush teeth and the next day you have to get um, a root canal, a, in our group, we grew up poor. Um, I work in a poor district and our kids need so much and um, it's hard to get all their needs met, um, like glasses and clothing and food. And, you know, if you can't, if your teeth are hurting you, how can you learn if you don't have the appropriate, you know, if you don't have appropriate glasses or hearing aids, um, you know, how can you be fully present and, and learn? So, um, yeah, that kind of resonates in our group. And not just how can they be fully present and learn, but then people wonder like, why did, why are they going to sleep? And then they get in trouble for being disengaged and they get labeled a behavioral problem. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah and it just, and it dictates what people begin to expect of them. Right. Poverty can also shift some, it'll dictate what people expect of them. And that's hard. It is hard. Yeah, we have a lot of homeless kids. Um, it breaks your heart, but you do as much as you can for them. And sometimes the best thing you can do, and I want you to negate what Karen said, is have that positive interaction with them that feeds them a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. yeah. That they are good enough mm -hmm. yeah. just the way they are. Meg said their group had the same choice. Right, that poverty charges interest, and how do we deal with the interest that it charge charges? Right, I tell anyone sometimes it's easy in this situation when someone is stuck um, in poverty that they look for things that help them feel good. They want something that makes them feel good, right? And so I would see I had just use in transparency. My family I have a cousin that's on on food stamps and some other things, and. One relative said something bad about her because she wanted to use her food stamps to have a fabulous meal for her family. <laughs> so she's like, look, we deserve one really good meal. So she went and she got some crab legs and some corn and sausage and just like did the seafood feast for her family. And everybody's like, that's really irresponsible, right? And if we can hold the both in, there's also this tension where she's like, but I wanted a moment where we didn't feel like we were just doing things to survive. 
I wanted a moment that we could enjoy and embrace. Where others like, well, this is going to keep you from other moments, right? So how do we hold the both and without judgment and recognize that, you know what? I understand how she's trying to cope and it's okay. But then how do I help her see that she can have more moments like this in a different way than just doing this this one time, right? Thank you for listening to part three, and we hope you enjoyed the activity and hearing from other school nurses. Please move on to part four, our final segment in this podcast. <laughs>